All right, go ahead. Hey, Lucien, don't you hate when you go out into your garden in the morning and you step in an audio file of like two guys talking and you can't get it off your shoe? Yes, Shane, I do hate that. Well, I've got the product for you. Vaporize. Hey. It vaporizes any podcasts in your lawn. Very funny and clever, just like 2004's Envy. Mm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Adam and Ben, New and Selected. It's a podcast about the films of Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler, two of America's greatest movie comedy stars. And uh, my name's Lucy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Shane. Hey. Uh, hey. My voice. <laughs> yeah. It's just me and Shane and a 45% Mac battery here with you until the battery runs out on today's edition of the show. Yes. Today's film is profoundly uninteresting to talk about so mm. we're probably going to be a little light on content for this one sure oh we didn't even put notes together oh i'll do it on the fly we barely watched the film we barely this film stinks almost as much <laughs> as the poo that is vaporized in its central conceit um oh. there was a weird idea put in my head when i was younger that envy was really funny by certain adults in my life who will remain nameless who saw it and thought it was really good and sure. told me that Envy was hilarious and made jokes to me about flan and vaporize. And I didn't watch it myself. I saw a bit of it on TV. I didn't watch the full thing until the summer of 2014 when I remember watching it one night alone in the house. I torrented it, put it on, spent the entire time being afraid of burglars breaking in because I was alone at home. Mm -hmm. And that, that was a period of my life when I had a real bad burglar phobia. But uh, I remember uh, being disappointed, thinking it wasn't particularly funny and then last year when I was doing my Ben Stiller sort of like mega rewatch, um, the one that kind of inspired doing this podcast, I didn't go for Envy. I skipped it. I was rewatching pretty much everything else, but I skipped Envy and I, I, I felt like that was a smart choice. Uh, Envy and Along Came Polly were like the two big ones that I skipped. Mm. And yeah, I was uh, Shane and I there tried to watch it there today and it's just it's just absolute rubbish. So like we didn't get particularly far. Yeah, so the plot of it is there's Ben Stiller and Jack Black. Yes. Our neighbors and co-workers and best friends. Mm -hmm. I don't know where they work. They work in some they work in manufacturing like, plant, They make sandpa sandpaper. Oh, they make sandpaper. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jack Black is this sort of wide-eyed, childish daydreamer who always has some wacky inventions. And one day he pitches to Ben Stiller's character, Tim, that he's going to make a spray that you spray it on poo and it makes the poo disappear yes and he offers Ben Stiller an investment opportunity to put in $2,000 into this plan for half the company and Ben Stiller says no he doesn't think it'll work turns out it works and Jack Black becomes a multi-millionaire and very rich mm -hmm. and he builds a mansion he on the lawn mansion. next door where he has like used to be. Pet horse and stuff. And this is where the envy begins. Yeah. And um, the film obviously worked. The con the con like the conception of the film obviously worked from a place of we need to make a film where X actor is jealous of X actor's success. Sure. And the excuse for this situation is the, the poo spray. Yeah. And it feels like a sweaty excuse for it. It feels like they were like we really need an idea and this was the best they could come up with yeah they were like okay like ben stiller getting progressively more mad at things is just like a fairly 
it's a it's a it's a you kind of a, a not a no miss yeah it's kind of just your standard yeah. film for him like, mm-hmm. it misses it misses it misses so this film was produced by larry david <laughs> and directed by barry levinson okay so barry levinson i'm gonna do a, a two-minute run on barry levinson uh, these are a couple of the films Barry Levinson has directed. Um, Good Morning Vietnam, Rain Man, um, Bugsy, Sleepers, Wag the Dog. Basically, exclusively now does uh, HBO movies with Al Pacino in them. And h- just HBO stuff in general and TV stuff. So he most recently directed Dope Sick, the miniseries about huh. pharmaceutical industry. He directed a couple of Al Pacino things. So he did he did Paterno about Joe Paterno for HBO. He did mm. You Don't Know Jack. He also did uh, The Wizard of Lies, which is Robert De Niro playing Bernie Madoff. He directed Rock the Casbah with Bill Murray a few years ago. Watch This Happened with De Niro. He's like a weird like De Niro, Pacino kind of guy. I heard him be interviewed on Bill Simmons' podcast once and really enjoyed the interview. Um there's two films of his that I have like some affection for, and they're both Robin Williams vehicles that I watched during the first COVID lockdown in like at like peak desperate. Let's fucking see what I get into. Yeah. And I was on a bit of like a Robbie Robin Williams run, so I watched two films. One is called Man of the Year, which is a really interesting movie where Robin Williams basically plays like Bill Maher, and is like this like hey I'm like a fucking like left of center like political like commentator comedy tv show man who decides to run for president and he does and whatever that's like that's the that's the next thing he makes after envy and then the other film of his that interests me a lot is this movie called toys which is uh, robin williams plays this like he inherits this like toy company whatever the film takes toys takes place in this like incredibly weird like Teletubbies kind of environment is the best way to describe it would be a Teletubbies world where everything is like Microsoft uh, is like Windows screensaver Green Hills and every Green Hill has like little holes in it and like factories just planted in the middle of the fields and like the whole film is like Teletubbies aesthetic and it's fascinating it's really interesting to watch I'm also obsessed with the fact that it has this incredible generational overlap in the cast where it stars Robin Williams, Michael Gambon, Joan Cusack, Robin Wright, and then LL Cool J, Jamie Foxx, and Donald O'Connor from Singing in the Rain. And I am obsessed with the fact that Donald O'Connor and uh, LL Cool J were in a film together. It's just like amazing that like both of their careers um, overlapped at one point. But anyway, so those are my Barry Levinson kind of, that's my Barry Levinson run through. Uh, not a director I, I really care about, but, you know, he he's made a lot of big hits. He was a big Oscar guy in the 90s. Yeah. He has relationships with big stars, blah, blah, blah. I had no idea, zero clue that he had made Envy. It is an insane choice for him to do this Jack Black, Ben Stiller, scatological, really, like, immature broad comedy. I don't know how it ended up in his lap, but it is a bad fit. And it's weird given that they got, like, a decent director, two good leads. Yeah. Two big female, two huge female two huge leads, female yeah, co-leads or whatever, and it looks like no effort was put into this. No one whatsoever. So the screenwriter Steve Adams, the sole credited screenwriter, does not have a Wikipedia page. Mm, okay. This is Steve Adams's IMDb page. <clears throat> Writer seven credits: Donnie and Marie, TV series nineteen seventy nine, two episodes. Fridays, 1980, one episode. Off the Wall, 1986, one episode. 
on the television, 1989, three episodes, NV 2004, Waiting for Forever, 2010, No Stranger Than Love. This was his first writing job in 14 years. This was his first film he ever wrote. And his second film is a Rachel Bilson, Tom Sturridge movie. Mm. And his third film is, my God, who even knows? His third film is, what's No Stranger Than Love? This is, does he even have a poster? Uh, Alison Brie movie. Alison Brie's the star. Weird. With Colin Hanks. Weird. I would like almost check that out out of curiosity. The guy, anyway, clearly cannot fucking write a movie, so no. I have no interest. Um, why on it earth? It seems is he just friends with Barry Levinson. Is this a money laundering scheme? Why is Larry David a producer on it? This film seems very mixed up in its vision. It just seems like five different types of film crammed into one. Yeah, with the worst element, without putting in the major element of yes. that film. You know what's interesting? A similar kind of thing for me is Spanglish. Okay. Which comes out the same year, and it's Adam Sandler working with James L. Brooks, who's a big Oscar-y yeah. prestigious director, and it's kind of similar to this. It's different in that it is definitely more aiming to be a drama, but it's similar in that it is like an Adam Sandler vehicle that in no way feels like Adam Sandler should be cast in it. And the yeah. director-writer star mismatch is very clear, and this is very similar. Um, the type of film this is trying to be based on what Levinson's doing is just not suited to these two actors at all. Like, it's shot like Rain Man. It looks like a drama. Like, it's well-directed. But it shouldn't be well-directed. It should be badly directed and have a funny script. But it's yeah. over-directed and underwritten in a really weird way. Like, the opening... Yeah. Like, we like were the, like... Oh, like, there's, yeah. like, we were... Impressed by the cinematography, right? Exactly, yeah. Even though the cinematographer also does not have a Wikipedia page. Sure, but like the <laughs> film moves like a... Like a real film. Yeah. yeah. I know, I don't get it. Anyway. Anyway, halfway through this film... Yes. We... I had an... We had an idea. Yes. Of a new, a new, podcast, a new podcast. So we paused the film... <laughs> to talk about this idea. Whipped up... Uh, yeah, just basically said, oh yeah, pause the film, we're yeah. moving on to this. And it's an idea for a new podcast where we... The new podcast is In reverse chronological order... Go back and talk, talk about, about the, the highest grossing uh, big screen original live action comedy yes. of every year of our lifetime. Yeah. In reverse order. So we went and checked the stats. And what this mm-hmm. would mean is that we start with the 2020. Well, we, if we started later in the year, we could do one from this year, right? What's coming out this year? I don't fucking know. But like, oh, yeah, sure. We'll be in this next year. Yeah, I don't know. Something will come out this okay. year. There'll be some something with, with a, some Rogan or whatever vehicle will come out this year something i'm not thinking of whatever anyway if we started with 2021 we'd start with the ryan reynolds movie free guy and then we would reverse backwards through uh stuff like uh, central intelligence uh 22 jump street then he enters the hangover stuff. um we have a special rule for this show which is that we're going to skip anything with adam sandler or ben stiller yeah because we like, don't want to repeat things from sure. this show so we're gonna we're not doing grown-ups we're not doing meet the parents meet the fuckers that like knocks out four or five years knocks out five or six years yeah and, and in those years we will go down to the second highest grossing sure so it'll be the highest grossing that doesn't have adam and ben and that actually provides some interesting stuff um for us to do anyway we then get back into the early 2000s when you have two Austin Powers movies. Mm-hmm. And then in the late 90s, you have sort of like a couple of interesting, like Jim, Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey things yeah. there. So you, you get to hit, basically, you get to hit Carrie, Myers, Corral, a couple of female-led things like your Sex and the City and your um, uh, 
that's kind of bridesmaids isn't the highest grossing though oh it wasn't it was uh, the hangover two do we want to do two hangovers and like the bad two as well like three is the one i like Mm. could do it as a bonus maybe problem with three is it's not a comedy i'm (laughs) running backwards as well hangover three is just a scorsese film um yeah we're doing it backwards so hangover two would go before hangover one and then we yeah like the worst film we'd have to do is free guy really that was a baffling list going through that 20 the 2021 list of comedies yes so we basically went down the list of yeah 2021 highest grossing films and the next thing after free guy that could be considered an original live action comedy was at like 102 and it was the war on grandpa with robert de niro which like barely got released yeah so it's grim things are grim for big screen comedy it all goes to streaming i can't remember what was like the last comedy i went to see in the cinema was probably long shot with with rogan and thron three years yeah. ago um like and i i would go to see anything with adam sandler and ben stiller but oh, no such not, no. no such thing exists it's gone saturday there's like sonic kind of because carrie's in it but like not really again that's ip it's ip and it's it's action and it's for children so it, it lo- yeah. yeah it's three strikes against it there. it's got apto all streaming now King of Staten Island went King straight to Staten streaming. Island, yeah. King of Staten Island is an amazing, is an is, very is, good. is a great big screen comedy that went straight to streaming because they refused to wait um, to release it. Yeah. Um, oh, was that projected to get a? That was meant to get a cinema release, and then they okay, just, they well, dumped I'll it with it about a week. For... Yeah, they dumped it with about a week's notice. But there's no box office for it. That's the yeah. problem. But no, King of Staten Island would be the type of comedy that. That's the thing. There should be Pete Davidson movies coming out. There should be fucking Tim Robinson movies coming out. The generation of Tim guys. Tim Robinson going to get movies. No, but he would have twenty years ago. My point is that my point is that in a world where Sandler and Stiller got to have film careers, yeah, the same opportunities should be awarded to Pete Davidson and Tim Robinson, and they're not because those guys (laughs) will just get TV work, TV work, TV work, and then get fucking tertiary roles in Suicide Squad, and then get tertiary roles in Suicide Squad. It's very depressing. Yeah, and Seth Rogen had a film two years ago as well, American Pickle, and that went straight to HBO. That same same situation. Like Seth Rogen still can do big screen comedy movies but seth rogan and melissa mccarthy can yeah we must not forget melissa mccarthy is america's biggest comedy movie star Honestly, she has yeah. one every two years they're all the exact fucking same and they're all directed by her husband ben falcone but they are at least real comedies yeah for adults yeah they're like good honor and good honor and melissa mccarthy's great i yeah. think she's like the last surviving the heat, oh, the heat was top one year the heat was top one year we yeah. get to do we get, we get is, to do the heat. the heat yeah the heat's great she does all her shitty falcone movies now but at least she's working and then you have what other in terms of female? Oh, also Barb and Star. Uh, yes, Barb and Star went to go to Vista Del Mar, which is a Kristen Wiig movie. Came out last year, straight to streaming. Very funny film, straight to streaming. Yeah, it's just comedies. It's just straight. It's like not even a question anymore. It's just there you go, dump, dump, dump. Unless it's The Rock, Melissa McCarthy, Rogan, and I don't count rock movies as comedies because they're he, not. Re- they're not he, really. He doesn't. He's if he's punching funny. people in them, then it doesn't count. Yeah. Though. I don't know, Kevin Hart might have something to say. Kevin Hart, Will, Will, he's Will on Ferrell Netflix. Do much. Will Ferrell's doing TV. Paul Rudd's doing TV. Yeah. Paul Rudd is a is a, is a star, but he's he's in the Marvel ecosystem and that yeah. kind of and the Ghostbusters ecosystem. Like Will Ferrell is still kind of relatively clean, floating around. Like Andy Samberg's making movies; they're going straight to streaming. Palm Springs went straight to streaming. Mm-hmm. There's like there's five good comedies that came out last year with with male stars that we like. None of them got released in the cinema. So honestly, whatever Melissa McCarthy's got in the in the cooker like it's probably she's our keeping comedy movie. alive in the big screen she's keeping comedy alive now we could go into a kind of a, an interesting parallel thing which is what about british comedy 
films, they still do pretty well, right? Like your Bridget Jones baby, six year, five years ago came out, six years ago, huge, mm. huge, huge hit. And stuff like that, stuff that's like English in the kind of Hugh Granty world yeah, okay. still has potential, I think. If you were to do something... Is it being made, though? Is it being made? Like, a little a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Like, the if you put the people who are in the Paddingtons into a film that wasn't okay. Paddington, yeah. it would do well. Yeah, sure. Like, all those actors are around wanting to make stuff. Like, you have your fucking King of Thieves, and you're like... This, there's stuff with, like, Michael Caine and... Old, you know, old English guys and like, I don't know. I feel like British comedy film isn't as dead because people in Britain go to see stuff still. Yeah. Cinema. Like Phoebe Waller-Bridge could make a film that would do really well. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, the main thing we discern while we're doing this is that like films that are considered comedies most years now are comic book movies or for children. Is TV just a better medium for comedy? Yes. Yeah. Just the shortened... So. But I'll have to do 90 minutes of it. You don't have to do 90 minutes of it. And I think most most big screen... Oh, Ted also we'd hit in that podcast. Ted, yeah. The problem with big screen comedy is that... Or like the great thing about it is that you get to laugh with a big audience. I haven't done that in years. I don't think I've ever done that. (laughs) Like fucking Spider-Man is the closest you get. um, And the bad thing about it is that, yes, it's hard to make a comedy funny for two hours or for, for an hour and 40 minutes. Now, what you can do is you can make a film that's not quite... Like Apatow films are like... They are emotionally resonant enough that, like, knocked up or are super bad. Can yeah. you waste 25 minutes without being funny? Sure. But you're in, very engaged in the yeah, yeah. in the narrative. Yeah. But, like, not everyone is able to, to do that, you know? Um, so if you're not going to make something that's, like, quite emotional, you're kind of screwing yourself in terms of filling time. I don't know. Anyway, look, we'll explore this more on our new podcast. If you have any title suggestions, send them hmm. on. we got to finish this one uh, first. Coming... 2023 2023 summer 2023 sure now time for our segments for this film yeah class corner so this movie's all about a guy getting rich out of nowhere and his friend being jealous so interesting class dynamic in this you get a guy with a mansion and a resentful guy living next door um i guess this film is ultimately about the idea of american enterprise guy has an invention yeah his wife is berating him for not just taking a chance on the yeah so basically yeah jack black asks ben stiller for a two thousand dollar investment to make vaporize 50 50 on vaporize and stiller go tells him to fuck off and then they end up regretting it because he makes millions yeah um so i guess jack black's very he makes money in this in a very like you know I guess the envy in this comes from stiller thinks he's a smarter guy than yes he can't believe that the idiot had a stupid idea and it worked yeah I mean, um, the resentment when he gets rich isn't so much of his wealth as of how he got there. Yeah. Like, and I guess he gets rich through, I guess, as as genuine perp- as genuine a way as anyone can get rich. You just he just had an idea. He had a cool idea. Yeah. 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 America ain't fair. We don't really learn how the vaporized company treats its employees or anything. So no. There's no way to really analyze it from that point of view. Um, and according to the Wikipedia page for a bit that we skipped over when watching it. He does. Jack Black does eventually offer re-offer the partnership to Ben Stiller, but only when there's a, only when Ben Stiller does something nice for him. I guess the, he finds his horse. No, that's nothing to. Oh, it's nothing to. All no, right, never mind. That's okay. never. Well, I guess the, the 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 thing with films like this, where there's a straight guy who's frustrated and an idiot who's annoying, is that the idiot who's annoying. This is Jack and Jill all over again. Yeah. The annoying person 
tends to be the kinder person yeah. who makes genuine gestures. And I don't think Jack Black ever does anything in this film that suggests that he's like an asshole, really. No. He's just irritating because he's got Jack Black energy. But he's well-intentioned. He's well-intentioned, yeah. Yeah. So Jack Black is only going to be talked about in this podcast maybe one more time after this episode. Would you believe he's never made a film with Adam Sandler? Hmm. They have a Bacon score of two on the Bacon Oracle. They have never been in the same film. Stiller and Jack Black, meanwhile, have been in about six things together, but most of them are like cameos in Cable Guy, cameos in Anchorman. I don't count that. So the only two things they've starred in together are this and Tropic Thunder. Oh, yes. Now, I feel like we will probably do Tropic Thunder quite soon, but when we do Tropic Thunder, we're going to be talking about Robert Downey Jr. for like the entire thing. <laughs> so I think this is a good opportunity for some Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black is like the four... He's not like the, one of the more interesting not one of the more interesting people in that yeah. um so we may as well do a couple minutes on jack black there was a podcast about jack black that i was listening to two years ago that was one of the inspirations for this show and it was called jacking off and it was a good show and like they had a couple of people on it from podcasts that i like but i uh but they stopped doing episodes they like gave up before they got to envy they gave up around 2001 2002 which was really annoying because uh. i was actually having a really good time yeah. um i am going to quiz you now on jack black's highest grossing movies worldwide um all time all time okay um so you got i feel like we did this before with jack black maybe we did it maybe like off oh yeah maybe okay throw out some throw out some ideas there for the top one so his his highest no his highest grossing film ever has made 961 million worldwide it is not a kung fu panda jungle cruise jumanji jumanji welcome to the jungle i forgot he was in those yeah i forgot he was in this. Right. Was that the highest grossing comedy one year? I didn't count them because they're not original. Oh, they're not. That's true. I didn't count them. Okay. Um, uh, number two is Jumanji, the next level. Next. Yeah. Okay. okay. Number three. Is it Kung Fu Panda? Kung Fu Panda 2. Kung Fu Panda 2. And number four is Kung Fu Panda. We'll okay. just get past those. Sure. Right. Now, number five is when things get interesting. Okay. He's not on the poster of this one. He's not on the poster. He's not. Is he like an and? No, he's like second or third build. He's like third build in this. Huh. He's definitely not the lead yet. Like, Is it Tropic Thunder? No. No. I'll tell you a clue, though. Okay. It's set in a very similar environment to Jumanji and Tropic Thunder. They're all set. They're all probably it's filmed. It's a jungly film. Jungly film. They're all probably filmed in the same place. <laughs> is he in a King Kong or something? He is in King Kong 2005. Oh, he is. Sorry. He plays yes, the yes, film yes. director. He is really good in King Kong. Yeah. Right. Next up. Next up, I'm going to tell you, because this is one I didn't even know he was in. Uh, he has a really small role in Ice Age. He plays a hyena in the first Ice Age. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Next up. Next one. I kind of forget he's in this one. I do not picture his face when I think about this film. We have done a podcast about this film. Shark Tale. Shark Tale. Oh, I got it. Jack Black. Oh, nice. Jack Black being in Shark Tale is not something I really register. Is he the puffer fish or something? He's, no, he's the fucking, he's the big guy. Oh, he's, he's the, like the he's, shark. He's, he's the, the sh- soft he's shark. the soft shark. Len- Lenny? Yeah, yeah. I never think of that as being him. Why do I never really, I never really register that that's He's Jack not doing Black. his own voice. No, he's not. He's doing this like, kind of like Peter know. Griffin voice. I guess, yeah. I just feel like I've never like looked at Shark Tale and been like, oh, Shark Tale, Will Smith, uh, Martin Scorsese, Angelina Jolie. I never really think that Jack Black's in that cast list. Yeah. It doesn't like it's weird that he did that. And then he went back into more DreamWorks with Kung Fu Panda. It's kind of weird that he's in two DreamWorks things. 
All right. Anyway, next we got Waterworld, which I didn't know he was in. Okay, I wouldn't have got that. And then we have like our first thing on here that is like Jack Black is, and it's live School, action. School of Rock. No, no. Um, Worse. Really, really bad. What's bad, Jack Black? This is this is like this is like ultimate like. We're going to give him too much Jack Black. Oh, <laughs> Can you uh, ever have too much Jack Black? What if Jack Black was filling the screen? What if he was the biggest guy in the room? He's fat. <laughs> no, he's not fat. Oh, Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver's, Gulliver's Travels. Yes. Nice. All right, I'm going to ramble off the rest then. We got the holiday. Like, the man has a career. Yeah. We got the holiday, Tropic Thunder, Goosebumps. In a recent hit, like honestly, he's kept his career alive. Jumanji's and Goosebumps, like yeah, uh, School of Rock, and then he did this fucking thing three or four years ago that uh, I actually thought was okay, called The House with a Clock in Its Walls, which was a really weird like kids fantasy movie with him and. and oh, um, you said that was interesting. It was fine. Yeah, it was like it was weird how 2004 it was, and it came out in 2018. Yeah, uh, Cable Guy, Mars Attacks, Nacho Libre, Nacho Libre, I suppose, was kind of when people were like couldn't get enough of Jack Black. That yeah. was like the peak of like he can do anything. And so he tried to do something that you normally probably wouldn't do. Yes. Um, <laughs> he pushes luck a bit there. The Shallow Hal is the one where it's like, he's oh, so shallow. fat. Yeah, he's such I a know. fatty. Ha ha. Uh, year One, which I've never seen, looks boring. High Fidelity is like his breakout. He's like the annoying sidekick. Uh, Orange County, which Ben Stiller is apparently in. Um, and then my favorite Jack Black performance, which is Be Kind Rewind, which is oh, yes. this really lovely Michelle Gondry movie where him and Mostef play these guys who work in a video rental store and they get, all the tapes get wiped by a nuclear plant and they have to remake all of the movies themselves and they mm. have to save the rental store. And it's great. It's fantastic. I think it's it's wonderful. And he's so good in it. It's my favorite, Jack Black. And then he's also in um, Bernie, the Richard Linklater, which is really good. And then he's in that movie, The Big Year, the bird watching thing with Steve Martin, which, God, we got to find an excuse to talk about that someday. It's him and Steve Martin and Owen Wilson bird watching. He never really became the the number just, one the guy. number one guy. Like he's just too irritating. He's like only he's only palatable in small doses. I guess for adults. He and doesn't he doesn't do the every man as well as Stiller no. or Sandler if you ask. To. Like he he can't be an every man because he's not good enough. Like his I don't know I'm trying to and like does in any of those films does he play. The person who's irritated by somebody else. Not even Shallow Hal. That, like, that's a normal one, I guess. I, yeah, I guess in that he's like a schlub, right? Yeah, and everyone kind of, he gets confused. He's a source but, of pity, yeah. like. I'm trying to think of one where he's, like, being annoyed by a different guy. Like, you could put him in a movie with, like, Matthew McConaughey, where he's like, Oh, man, I'd want a girlfriend. And Matthew McConaughey's like, I'll take you out on the town, buddy. That would work. I just came up with an idea for a film nice. that could have been made in 2006. Um... And he'd be the straight man. Oh, oh, there is one. There is one. There's the D train where he he is he's he's gay in that one. Okay. And he gets with James Marsden. Interesting. And that's an interesting dynamic because in that one, James Marsden is like the personality, and Jack Black is just kind of like is like this like re- repressed like um, closeted gay guy sure. uh, who's I think maybe married in it. Um, I feel like he's married to Catherine Han, but maybe just because closeted gay men in films are always married to Catherine Han. Um, and James Marsden shows up and he's like falling in love with him. And I, that, that's an interesting one because he's like, and Bernie too, but Bernie's like, a, he plays a, like a psycho killer in Bernie. But I don't know. I don't know. My tolerance for Jack Black's not as high as it is for these other guys. The name is bigger than the some of the films. Kind of. Like Kung Fu Panda is like the most biggest his name has ever been on a poster because like children couldn't get enough of Jack Black. That's the thing. Yeah. 
I went to New York in 2008 and there was a giant billboard on the side of the Toys R Us for Jack Black hosting the Kids' Choice Awards. And I thought that the Kids' Choice Awards were on inside that building. Oh. And I was like, I want to go. I want to go. And then my whoever I was with was like, no, they're on LA. They're on it. What? Are they in LA? They're in LA. Yeah. So instead, I watched the Kids' Choice Awards live in the hotel. Nice. Hosted by Jack Black. And boy, they were a good Kids' Choice Awards. Jack Black opens the show singing, I was born for slime in you, baby. It's really good. And he did it again a few years later. So that was... Is there a Tenacious D film? Yes. It, and it was it was around Nacho Libre time. Oh, okay. it was What's the name of the film? Tenacious D oh. and the Pick of Destiny. Oh, okay. I don't find Tenacious D funny in this list. Well, that wasn't on that list there at all. It didn't make any money. It didn't make that much money. I think that, that's like very niche. People who like the Foo Fighters like Tenacious D. I, I associate them with one another. Should we tell our funny incident with Kung Fu Panda? last week or two no 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 okay <laughs> it involves i don't want to go no, on the, i don't no, want to go sh- okay don't. i don't want to go on the record ranting no. about it okay um so enough about jack black right alex okay. to alex scale where are we placing ben stiller's character tim guys we have got a physical scale now so we can now put people between two other characters check out our social media for a visual yes. graphic. go to our twitter and instagram you can see the alex to alex scale so here we go we have, I'll, I'll kind of talk you through it. So from left to right, we have Alex the Lion, Jill from Jack and Jill, Walter Mitty. They're kind of beside each other. We have uh, Adams on one side and Ben's on the other. Then we have George Simmons. Uh, we're getting closer to the middle now. We got Lenny, no, Larry, uh, uh, Josh Kovacs from Josh. Tower Heist. Then we have Jack from Jack and Jill. Okay, then we're moving quite a bit over towards, we're getting to the angrier side now. We got Billy Madison. We got Zohan. Getting closer, closer, closer. Then pretty close to the angry side, we got... Uh, I don't know the character's name from Anger Management. I can't remember. Because he's not really the angriest. He's like... People make him angry by telling him to relax. So he's not like the angriest character. And then we have Alex, um, played by Stiller in Duplex, who tries to murder an old lady. So yeah. who's going to end up on that side of it? Happy Gilmore, I guess. Happy Gilmore is like r- completely enraged, smashing things with a golf club. Sandler. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Annie Stiller comes close. This character, pretty close. Angry Stiller, angry. Will I'd say this character should go around here. I'd say he should go somewhere between Zohan and Anger Management, because he's now Zohan is a trained assassin who does a lot of like violent stuff. But I think the he's character, pretty relaxed. He's pretty. Re- he's in control. Yeah. Whereas I think that Tim from Envy does crazy things out of out of rage. So I put him yeah, around, he, yeah, around I guess. here. Yeah. Is is Happy Ma- Billy Madison even that angry, or is he just Billy he Madison is, is like shouts like "Shut up!" a lot. Yeah, like, you know he gets angry. He's yeah. angry because he's a child, right? Yeah. He's like Sandler, like immature and unrestrained. All right, we're putting we're putting this character around here. Okay, yeah. cool. Wife guys. Uh, so the um, wife of uh, Ben Soto's character is played by Academy Award winner Rachel Weisz. Now, Rachel Weisz, I'm definitely mispronouncing her name, but anyway. Did you hit your... Oh. Oh. Accident on set. Accident on set. Oh. Do you want some pseudochrome? No. Pseudochrome <laughs> fixes everything. That's how that works. Shane hit his elbow uh, off the table. I'm fine. Sorry. Pseudochrome doesn't help. 
Rachel Weiss went to university with Sasha Baron Cohen, Alexander Armstrong, and Richard Osman from Pointless, Emily Maitlis, Sue Perkins, and Mel Guideroik from the fucking Bake Off, and Ben Miller. They all went to college together. What they the fuck? They go to Cambridge or something? They went to Cambridge. Hey. Ew. Ugh. The elite of the British media. Ugh. She is Hungarian Jewish, Austrian English. Interesting. Anyway, hmm. she's cool. Um, when did she win her Oscar? I need to confirm that it was before she starred in this. Yeah, because this is just a woeful waste of she her. Won the Academy Award. No, no, she won after this. Oh, thank okay. God. That's not oh, so bad. thank goodness. Whew, that was a close one. She, she won Best Supporting Actress one year after this film came out. She kind of behaves like a this was her last like a Balamori character in this. Yeah, she kind of does. <laughs> a Balamori character. Why? Because she just her dialogue is like she's on a kids show. Yeah. Because she's like, I'm gonna take the light bulb down. Yeah, sure. And sure. say, hmm, we don't want any yes, good inventions yes. in this house. The screenwriter of this film has not spoken to a woman since 1983. So. <laughs> Um, oh. Rachel Weisz has an amazing career. Like, if you look at her last five, six, seven years, I mean, she only does, she only does shit that people really like, like um, the Lobster and my cousin, or like not my cousin Rachel, the Lobster. Denial is really good. Disobedience, the favorite, and then she does like Black Widow, which she got paid a lot of money for. So, yeah, okay, she was born Legacy Oz, the Great and Powerful. That was a bad, pretty bad run there. Fred Claus, Aragon, but you know, was she in a? What was she in like two years ago? With another British actress. The favorite. Or Disobedience is the... Sorry, Disobedience. Disobedience yeah. is the gay one with Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. That's an interesting one because it has a lot of like Jewish cultural stuff okay. in it. Like, I just remember seeing the trailer for that a couple of times. It's not great, but it's okay. Denial yeah. is the one on here that's like surprisingly good. Denial is about her as a uh, death on denial. She plays a um, lawyer who has to... Or is she a lawyer? I don't know what she is. Anyway, she's involved in a court case about Holocaust denial with Timothy Spall and uh, Tom Wilkinson. And it's very moving and they go to look at the camp. It's modern, but like yeah. it's very good. Very, very good. Um, yeah, no, Vice is good. I'm glad she made this before she won her Oscar because if she did it after, that would be just disgustingly insulting to her. And then the other wife in this is played by Amy Poehler, who in fairness was like, at least it's, like, appropriate for where her career was in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, weird how much her character in this is, like, kind of got little, like, hints of what was to come in Parks and Rec. She runs for Congress. Um, but she's playing a, a quote-unquote stupid, rich idiot running for Congress rather than an accomplished um, local politician. Like she does Doesn't know Parks. the difference between the Congress and, and the, the state Senate. Senate. How funny. Imagine how not funny. knowing the difference. Um, this film, and also Christopher Walken's in it, but the less said about that, the better. Sure. Um, will we ever talk about Christopher Walken again on this show? Who's to say? The uh, Yes, click, of course. Um, this film cost uh, something between 20 and 40 million. Uh, Wikipedia doesn't know, and it made okay. 14.5 million. Brutal. Not so good. It opened on April 30th, 2004. Shane, get the box office open for that weekend, please. I'm whipping it out. I feel like we've done a lot of box office talk already with that list of comment or with that Jack Black list, but who cares? We're 35 minutes in and no one wants to hear anything else about NBA. Oh, we're going to hit an hour or so with this one if we're doing the box office. <laughs> yes, now. we're doing pretty well. Uh, would the movie work with Adam Sandler? <sighs> It'd be better. Jack Black and Adam Sandler? I don't know how that I don't know how that energy would feel, but I think this movie. You could put Sandler in instead of Jack Black, I guess. Ooh, you could. That would be better. 
I guess. Yeah. There's, in my opinion, there's no way this could be worse. This That's is the thing. so bland yeah. and generic. You can make Sander the walking character. Like you could put you a Sander could do in anything. anywhere. You could be... put a Sander anywhere and it would be improved. Yeah. This particular combo did not work. So try anything else. <sighs> yeah, they didn't. Anyway. April 2004. What do we got? Ooh, okay. Okay, I got some good ones. Big comedy. Big comedy. Big comedy. Not starring either of our guys. No. Anchorman. No. Okay. Big comedy, April 2004. Really, really lasted in the Napoleon in the culture. Napoleon Dynamite definitely was no. number one. Really lasted in the culture. 2004. It's not Anchorman. Nope. It's not Evan or Bruce Almighty. That's season three. Okay. Really lasted in the culture. 2004. So does it star one of the comedy guys? No. It doesn't. Is there a woman in lead? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is it an American woman? Yes. An American female lead and it's lasted in the culture. And she's it's not it's not a Bridget or whatever. She's playing an American woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. What? And it's lasted in the culture. Is she over forty? No. Young. Young Princess Diaries 2. No. no. Um is this has she had a career prior to this or is this like a big breakout for her? She's known mostly as a child star. Not a child star, but a young star. A young star. Other other issues derailed her career. So it's a Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Is it Freaky Friday? Mean Girls. Mean Girls, of course. Of course, of course, of course. Interesting. Because Tina Fey, of course, wrote Mean Girls and is in it. Uh, So her and Amy Poehler are both kind of popping out this weekend in 2004. $25 So that's ten more than this. Ten more than this in it in the first in this uh, first week. Deserved. Yeah. I don't actually like Mean Girls that much, but it's a lot better than this. Um, fair play. Next up, yeah, is it's a one hundred and forty-six minute long drama directed by Tony Scott. Uh, Jesus Christ, a Man on Fire. Yeah, never seen it. Uh, child abduction stuff. Uh, kind of freaks me out, so I tend to avoid. Creasy's uh, art is death, and he's about to paint his masterpiece. That's the tagline. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, Denzel is like a guy who, like, I don't know, hunts down a, a child abduction. Sti- I don't know. Dakota Another Jones- Christopher Walken film? Uh, Wedding Crashers. No, Christopher Walken's in Man of Fire. Oh, he's in Man of Fire? Yeah. Weird. What is Man of Fire? So Man of Fire is why he helps to rescue a child. Jaded ex-CIA operative reluctantly accepts a job as a bodyguard for a 10-year-old. Oh, she must be like... They clash at first, but eventually bond. Oh, and, that when sounds... she, and when she's kidnapped, there we go. he's consumed by fury. She and must be like the president's daughter or something. Yeah. Um, Dakota Fanning plays yeah. the girl, and Dakota Fanning was obviously like maybe the best child actor of all time at that age. So, okay. All right. Okay. That Next sounds... up, okay. Uh, got another comedy on this list. Okay. Another female comedy. Another female comedy. Okay. Older, younger woman. A younger and an older woman. Nicole Kidman. Uh, I'll get it. Uh, Directed by Gary Winnick. I don't know. An older and a younger woman. It's not Freaky Friday. No. It's like a... It's like a younger woman becomes an older woman. That's literally the plot of Freaky Friday. But I know what this is. It's 13 going on. 30. Jennifer Garner. Very good. Mark um, Ruffalo too. Mark Ruffalo and Andy Circus, Judy Greer. People like it. People people like that film. I I've never watched the whole thing. It's got that classic 
2000s poster of just a white background with a picture of the star and the writing. Really? I feel like that's what is a... the poster? Show me the poster for 13 going on 30. I would have told you. Sure. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. That could be anyone. Yeah. That's just... Jennifer Garner, to me, is like... She has her face covered with bubblegum. The, most, four, just be... the most 45-year-old woman who's ever lived. I, I find it hard to believe she was ever 30. Yeah. <laughs> it's just big for women. Probably better. Anyway, okay. Well done. Okay, next up. Haven't heard of this, so I'm going to have to look it up. I'm mm, sure it's great. 2004 Nick is... Ham. 2004 is a year I know a lot about, so I'm surprised there aren't this more. This is a... Uh... Of my favorites in here. Oh wow, this does not write well at all in the box. Oh, oh boy, got our buddy Rake, Greg Kinnear is in this. Kinnear's this is this. is this uh this is my beloved Farrelly Brothers comedy stuck on you. No, oh, not even close. Shit, stuck on you was the year before. This has got De Niro though. De Niro and Greg Kinnear. Yeah. What? Who's the star? Kinnear. Kinnear is the star. So it's Kinnear, Rebecca, Rami, Remain, yeah. Remain. No such and thing exists. De Niro. This isn't a real film. What's it called? When a miracle becomes a nightmare, I have... evil is born. This is that's the tagline. Yeah, this is Godsend. 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 What? What is this? What? I don't know. Show it me the poster. A... Greg Kinnear, I- I- star of a film. Rake. Rake himself. <laughs> look at that poster. <laughs> that is a stupid poster. <laughs> That looks like a fucking... Oh, look, at that. look at that rating distribution on Letterboxd. People do not like God's <laughs> No, but not even they don't like it in a bad way. It's like... No one has ever given it five stars. No, but it's like... Does it have any fans? It's like aggressively in the two-star range, which sure, is like the yeah. worst. It's worse, yes, because it means yeah, it no one even it hates per- it. It doesn't perfectly slope downwards. It yeah, has yeah. a nice even distribution around the two, two in the middle. Range, yeah. Yeah. Any fans? Uh, surely, surely one or two. No, no, none. No, you add it to our list. Doesn't exist. Okay, five and a half thousand views as well. And no one has ever said they're no. a fan. Okay, there you go. Let's we'll add it to our list. How much money did that make? God's end. Six million. Well, I'd like to point out, Shane, that it's higher up in the list than Envy. Two spots, in fact. <laughs> Jesus, it made seven hundred thousand more than Envy. I think it's worth acknowledging that how extraordinary it is that a film with Greg Kinnear that I've never heard of did better than a Ben Stiller Jack Black comedy the same fucking year in 2004 that they were in Meet the Fockers and School of Rock yeah probably the two most famous things they've ever done how was this so poorly marketed like I know it's bad but like you think people would there was just no jokes in the trailer there was just no jokes in the trailer people were like this was stupid yeah the poster is just a picture of the two guys and it just says envy next up is a Rom-com. A rom-com. Yeah. A comedy of the romantic variety. Yeah. Um, comedy featuring romance. I don't know. Is it fucking What a Girl Wants Again or some shit like that? Nope. Does it have girl or women in the t- title? No. Okay. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? No. Kate Hudson? No. McConaughey? No. Uh, all right. Aniston? No. Vince Vaughn? No. You're going to need more clues then. Uh, directed by Peter Howitt. I don't know who that is. Peter Howitt. He directed... Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, features an Irish lead. Uh, Colin Farrell. No. No, of course not. Of course not. Uh, an Irish lead? There is no such thing as an Irish lead. Pierce Brosnan. Um, is it the wine one? Is it... Uh, no, no, sorry. That's not it. Uh, is it After the Sunset? This is Laws of Attraction. Uh, is Catherine Zeta-Jones? Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Uh, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. It's just like... Laws of Attraction is the most generic name ever. It's almost as bad as Rules of Engagement. I've never seen that. No, it's most... Why is he sniffing her? Get away. Get away from her. 
Oh, he's, yeah, he's really pressed in there. I love Pierce Brosnan, but when he looks creepy, he looks so creepy. <laughs> that looks terrible. Next up is our subject of this episode. Uh, it is the film Envy. Yeah. Cool. Next up, we have a Tarantino. Um, Kill Bill Volume 2. Yeah. Never seen it. Next up is a Thomas Jane film, I believe. Thomas Jane film i don't know anything thomas jane is the star of it's this random shite ip it's comic book i think oh punisher or yeah. something, something is he in that yeah maybe didn't they make two of them they did one of them has uh one of them has travolta right. as the villain and has lundgren i think that's this i one. think one of them has dolph lundgren and one of them has or am i getting confused maybe they both have thomas jane tom jane john travolta that's so weird Will Patton, oh, Schneider. I don't that's know a there. weird cast Will Patton, Jesus Christ. My God. And there's... That sounds bad. Punisher from... There's a 1989 version as well. Yeah, that must be the Dolphin. There's one. Punisher Warzone from 2008. Yes, that's that the sequel. This is the first one, I guess. Yeah. There's Punisher Dirty Laundry from 2012. That's not a real film. That there's Punisher be... No Mercy from 2013. Well, now they do the, the TV version with John, John Burnsall. Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, what a... Yeah. Well, anyway. People, you know you who know, you spot a man that you need to avoid on the street? he has any kind of punisher merchandise oh sure that's the that's the cops uh logo oh, jesus now. yeah 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 that's they've adopted that it, it of all like it's the one superhero or like comic book character logo that has actually turned into like what the poor shark mask turns into in Watchmen. yeah it's an actual like symbol of like very right-wing ideology yeah yeah because punisher is just like uh i'm pretty sure i've never seen any punisher media but i'm pretty sure the punisher is Dobie would know about this, but the Punisher, <laughs> yeah, he watches those shows with oh, Tom okay. Berthold, like. Oh, he does. But the Punisher is definitely just like a dude who's like, I'm gonna do some punishing. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's particularly um, altruistic in his actions. I'll be doing some punishing if fucking envy. If I see Tom and envy. Next one. Yeah. It's 76 minutes long. Ah, oh, yes, the perfect film. The tagline is. <laughs> 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 Bust a moo. <laughs> uh, Home on the range. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bust a moo. <laughs> my first, my first thought was Barnyard, because Barnyard's a film about like a sexy. That's cow. a bit later though. The later it's two thousand five. A sexy cow. That's a man with others. Barnyard's very strange. <laughs> Home on the Range is awful. Look at the cast on that. It's like Bette Midler, Betty White. Roseanne Barr, Judy Dench. Bette Midler. She, on it. She's the lead, apparently. Roseanne Barr. Yeah. Roseanne Barr is uh, Judy Dench, Jennifer Tilly, Steve Buscemi. What a weird movie. Cuba Gooding Jr. I did see it. G.W. Bailey. I watched it on, I rented it from Extra Vision. Uh, My parents were like, that looks boring. And I was like, eh, it's new. And it's Disney, and they were like, "All right, fine." Move. And that was very fucking boring. So. Yeah, it's this, a western. Uh, like, it's a boring western for kids. But it looks so boring. very poorly animated as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so ba- they basically stopped doing two D animated films after that, and then they did. Oh, a- it's two D. Mm-hmm. It's like the last it? Disney. It's the last Disney two D animated film before. So they basically, but right? the poster looks like the kind of standard three D. Yeah, it's misleading. Mm-hmm. It is two D animated. They basically, they did Treasure Planet, they did that, then they fucking stopped doing 2D, 
they started doing Chicken Little, yeah, fucking whatever, a bunch of 3D shit, like Meet the Robinsons, whatever. Then they go back to 2D to do Princess and the Frog, and this was because the guys, the fucking, um, the dudes they did, Ron Clements and Musker, were like their big guys from Aladdin and whatever. Mm. They went back and they did Princess and the Frog, and then they were like, no, that didn't make any money. Back to 3D, and they haven't made another 2D animated film since. 2D looks nice. 2D animation's great. Yeah. The only 2D thing. Yeah, no. And there's a Winnie the Pooh from 2011 that's 2D. Mm-hmm. But that's it. They don't do them anymore. It's really sad. They're, it's a, it's such a good thing. Like, you get your 2D animated stuff from Japan. Sure. But, like, you don't get it from Disney. And it's unfortunate. Anyway. Like, I would be so much more interested in something like Encanto if it was 2D animated. You know what will probably have 2D animated stuff in it is the Enchanted sequel. That will have mm-hmm. some 2D animated stuff in it. Because the first one does. I assume they'll keep it up. Anyway. This week is heavy on the comedies. It's April. April like used to be kind of a comedy month because yeah. you wouldn't have any big blockbusters. Like next evidently. up is one I saw when I was young. Okay, it's a sequel. It's a sequel. Is it for adults or families? Both. It's a little bit scary. It's a little bit scary. Like uh, adults like it. Uh, Scooby Doo Monsters Unleashed. Yeah, very good film. Yeah, not as good as oh, I don't know. Maybe better. I they're both good. They're both good, but not great. They, they they both have potential to be better than they are. The second one probably has... I think the second one's pretty better. First one's scarier. First one is the Lunar Ghost, which is like one of my fucking mm. all-time greatest fears. Like, sca- terrifying design. <laughs> I think that the, two has Seth Green as the villain, right? First one is Rowan Atkinson. I don't remember the second one as much. The second one has Seth Green in this. Second one has like weird flashbacks to when they were in... Yeah, the second one seems a bit more funky-like. Funky yeah. James Gunn write both of them. I feel like he did. James Gunn is uh, an annoying guy, but a very good, a very good writer of comedies. Yeah, he, yeah. James Gunn, sole writer on the second one. Makes sense. Quick little tangent on the guy who directed Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed. Would you like to hear this man's career? Go on. I've done this for you before. Who is it? Raja Gosnell. Listen to this yeah, for okay. a career. All right. Home Alone 3, Never Been Kissed, Big Mama's House, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo 2, Yours, Mine, and Ours, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, The Smurfs, The Smurfs 2, Smurfs, The Lost Village, Show Dogs, Santa, The Adventure Begins. And if you don't, if you don't remember, guys, Show Dogs is the Will Arnett dog movie that was pulled from cinemas because it featured a scene where someone tells a dog that it's okay if somebody uh, molests you as long as you close your eyes and pretend you're somewhere else. Roger Gosnell, everybody. That's a Will Arnett joke, all right. That man has probably got a very nice house. <laughs> He's done a lot. To be honest, I've heard of all those films. More, more films you've heard of than Ridley Scott, probably. <laughs> all right. One more. We got, we're at 50 minutes here on, on, on an episode we swore would be our shortest yeah. ever. We got another comedy. Okay. It's a black cast. Uh, is it? A, it's not a Tyler Perry thing. Is it like Barbershop to... Stars Cedric the Entertainer. Is it? It's not a barbershop. It's like a family movie, or a Friday, or a, no? It's not a. It's not okay. So I don't know. I don't fucking Cedric the Entertainer. Johnson Family Vacation. I don't know what the fuck that is? This is just Cedric the Entertainer yeah, it's thing. It's just a the thing about Cedric. Take the ride is the is that he's pretty entertaining. That's how he got the name. He does. Yes, it's how he, got the he, name. Was, he wasn't born with that actually. No, he no, wasn't. No. He had to actually give he himself to, that name. Yeah, so fair play to earn it. Cedric the, the Entertainer weirdly shows up in a series of unfortunate events the same year, along with uh, Dustin Hoffman <laughs> for a very quick mm. scene. Anyway. Has one fan on Letterboxd. 
Johnson Family Vacation. Okay. I'm very happy for that person that they found their film. I'm glad they got something. We all get something that's important to us. Next up is a... It was their shithouse. <laughs> Next up, I think, is a Guillermo del Toro film. Uh, uh, Hellboy. Yeah. Hellboy 1, very boring and bad. Hellboy 2, brilliant. One of the best sequel improvement pivots ever. Just Hellboy 2, just infinitely better. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Ella Enchanted, Walking Tall. Walking Tall is that fucking Dwayne Johnson thing. Oh, okay. Passion of the Christ. Huge hit. Uh, I feel like Dozen 4 is better. Than whatever, second. you got an Eternal Sunshine Spots Mine coming in there. Grand. Number 18 or whatever. I think that's the end of... Now, Ben Stiller... Clifford's did... really big something. Clifford's uh... really big movie. Yeah, so... What's important to remember about Ben Stiller is that he had four movies out this year. Yeah, Starsky and Hutch is there. So he's... At so 29. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna get back to this when we do that. So, Ben Stiller... In 2004, right? Mm-hmm. Along Came Polly, released on January 16th. Okay. Startsky and Hutch, released on March 5th. Envy, released on April 30th. Mm-hmm. Dodgeball, released on June 18th. Anchorman in which he cameos, released on July 9th. Meet the Fockers, released on December 22nd. How many? That's six films. That is six films, five of which he is first build. Madness. That's was he the fuck, biggest? Was he the biggest? Uh, fucking insane. Was he the biggest movie star of that year? Oh Jesus! Highest grossing star two thousand four. Like surely, yeah, surely he was. He wasn't. How the bad fuck? Amount. Hanks. Ah. Uh, Polar Express, Catch Me If You Can, Road to Perdition, The Terminal, The Lady Killers. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can't argue with that. Five films as well. Five films. But my God, that's ridiculous. So there were basically two films that he starred in, still in cinemas when this came out, and one that came out about a month about a month later. I mean, were people just like sick of him? <laughs> Probably. Why did they put it out? Like, Why what else they... came out this weekend? Oh, sorry. I just, we just did I just that. told you. Yeah, an hour. Hour. Would you not have fucking held it off until 2005 and waited for all of those to be done? I don't know. Maybe it was a Jack Black driven release. Maybe he needed something out. It just must have just had nothing to do with either of them. Yeah. That's that is insane. insane. That's insane. He had them all out in one year. All right. Well, we'll be doing all those other films very soon. So we'll get to talk more about 2005. It's four. Anyway. <laughs> okay. And of course, 51st Dates probably came out like two weeks later. So. It's on the list there somewhere. Yeah, it's on the list there somewhere. Oh, it came out earlier. It came out earlier, sorry. It probably came out Van- uh, probably Van- what? That's a Sandler's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really good. But that was probably a Valentine's Day thing. Right, everyone. That's all for this episode of Envy. Somehow our longest episode ever. Um, Is it actually? Yeah, I think so. It's either number one or number two. <laughs> oh, no. To be fair, we went so off topic that we ended up having like an interesting extended conversation about Jack Black and about comedy in general. Yeah. So, like, we may not have discussed the film very much, but, like, we did have a lot to talk about. This episode is longer than the amount of the film we watched. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we watched, like, 37 minutes of this, probably. (laughs) To be fair, I do think that, like, you'd expect us to spend 20 minutes talking about Jack Black during this show. I guess, yeah. Like, we're going to do 20 minutes on Owen Wilson, and we're going to do 20 minutes on Vince Vaughn, and we're going to do 20 minutes on Steve Carell at some point. Yeah. It had to happen. Um... 
Don't watch Envy. Don't bother. Don't bother. No. Don't. We'll do something better next week. I don't know what. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be a Sandler anyway. So. It's going to be a Sandler. God, we're we're fucking flying through these. We're doing one a week now. It's great because it feels like before it was like, whoa, we, who did we do last week? And this time it's like, we just did a Sandler and now we're doing another one. Yeah. I, I feel like, the, sh- I feel like the show gets better when we do it once a week. Yeah, you get into a groove. We get into a groove and we like have and actual can... rhythms and like. Yeah, because you're retaining the knowledge from the previous right? episode. Yes, to it's a build building on. an art. Yeah. It's so much better. God, no wonder people do this all the time. Um, not like you can us. really tell with the amount of listeners we're getting as well. We're, we're going, going up, we're going up by one, one an episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can get in touch with the show on Twitter and Instagram. You can it's Adam and Ben Pod. You can send us any questions you have or suggestions for films you want us to cover soon, anything like that. Any feedback on our audio quality also appreciated as yeah. it varies. I think we have a good setup now, but hopefully it worked well. I'm last not, week. I'm not, I'm not thrilled with this little echo line, but you know, we'll see. Sounded good to me. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll see y'all soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.